Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to look in Matthew chapter 28. Today, I, I, I believe I'm going to conclude the series that I've been sharing, um, really starting with a Christian worldview. And we came to the passage where John told us to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And then he identified that as the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And I have been sharing some messages with you about how dangerous the sin, the subtle sin of pride can be to our life, to our homes, to our nation, to our church, how destructive this sin is and how much God hates this sin. Now we talked about that pride is not self-esteem, it's not just self-respect, it's not confidence, it's not receiving expressions of gratitude. All of those things can be wholesome and healthy. But it's, it's thinking highly of oneself. It's thinking, it's desiring more than others. It is, it is a wrong perspective on who we are in Christ. And the Bible specifically says that God hates the sin of pride. And you can sin that, you can commit that sin without doing anything with your hands. It just can start in your heart with a proud look. And in the heart, the Bible says, this sin is born and birthed. And I shared with you last week the illustration about the apple and how if you find an apple with a hole in it, it means that the worm is out. You know, the only thing worse than uh, uh, biting into an apple uh, that has a worm in it is biting into an apple that has a half a worm in it. And... Uh, <laughs> But it, but it started in the blossom, in the seed, and it ate its way out. If there's a hole in the apple, that worm is probably already out of the apple. So it, it, that's where pride is, and it manifests itself in so many critical and destructive and self-serving ways in our lives. And the Bible says God hates that sin. It was what is the sin that made the devil the devil. It was the sin that uh, initiated the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And this is what the Lord Jesus has to say. If you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 28, I want you to look with me, please, in verse 11. Uh, verse 11 and 12 of Matthew chapter 28. That's not right. It's Matthew chapter 23. You know, church, you're just before seeing me preach with reading glasses. I just, so... You, you, you may just want to look at me real close because you may start seeing me in reading classes. Uh, I'm just about to that point. And, and amazing, it's amazing to me as young as I am, but I, I'm almost there. Jesus said this. He said, but he that is greatest among you, I'm in Matthew 23, verse 11 and 12, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that humbled himself will be exalted. You know, the proud person desires attention. That's, they, 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 they want attention. They, they desire recognition constantly. Uh, glory, honor, uh, but they so desperately seek it. And what Jesus is saying here is a wonderful truth. And that is simply this. 
that the way up is down. He that is greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever will exalt himself will be abased, but, but he that humbles himself will be exalted. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And there is a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, especially as it pertains to this, this sin of pride. Let me, let me just show you a couple of verses. Go to Proverbs and let's just do a quick little, uh, we're gonna look at three different passages. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse two. Now notice what the wise writer of Proverbs said to us. Proverbs 11, verse two, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. All right, notice the order, pride, shame. Now turn a page to chapter 15 and look in verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, but before honor is humility. In other words, it's like the, the, the writer is saying the way up is down and the way down is up before honor is humility. Go to chapter 29 of Proverbs and look, if you will, in verse 23. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor will uphold the humble in spirit. So, Honor, recognition is affiliated, connected with humility and lowliness and shame and destruction is connected with pride. Do you see the irony? People who so desperately seek the admiration of others are often the ones who lose it. Let me show you how this worked. Now, we looked at, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 14 because a few weeks ago, we looked in Ezekiel at how pride was in the heart of Lucifer when God cast him out of heaven, that, that very special angel, beautiful, more beautiful than all of the angels, a gifted angel, but yet pride started in his heart and God cast him out of heaven. We didn't look at this passage, but I want you to see it in Isaiah 14. Here's the rest of the story. Isaiah 14, verse 12. The writer says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thine heart, now, church, I want you to notice all of the references to that perpendicular pronoun, first person singular, I. This is what he said. Verse 13, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Does it sound like he had eye trouble? <laughs> and you can just sense the pride in Lucifer's voice. I, I, I. 
But look what God said. Yet thou will be brought down to hell to the sides of the north. And guys, uh, I mean, Satan's attitude is I'm going up, up, up in this world. And God says, no, you're going down, down, down. <clears throat> Look in verse 16. Now this is interesting. This is the most beautiful, majestic angel that God created. But this is what God said about him in verse 16. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the one, the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? Now you look at all the destructive work of the devil in this world today. And God says the day is coming that we are going to narrowly look upon him because of his pride. And that little phrase, narrowly look, that means we're going to have to squint to see him. This one who shook nations, who terrorized kingdoms, he said to God, I'm going up, I will ascend, I will be like the most high, I, 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 I'm going up, up, up. God says, no, because of your pride, because of your pride, you're going down. You're going down. You're going down. You're going down. And he says, you're going down, way down. So down that we're going to have to squint devil is that you the one who ruled the kingdoms that's what God said because of his pride he's going down pride always precedes shame and even with the devil and did you know if you love Jesus did you if, you, if you give your life to the Lord, when you get to heaven, we're going to have a greater place than Lucifer ever had, ever, ever. The Bible says that we're going to judge angels. And he was just a fallen angel. <laughs> but now in, in, in contrast, in contradistinction, let's look in Philippians. I want you to see the attitude of Jesus. And this is the attitude that we should have. Look in Philippians chapter two. And verse five and following. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. <laughs> now this is talking about Jesus. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and he was made in the likeness of men. Oh, and not just man, he, he was willing to die like a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus said, just opposite of the devil, Jesus said, I'm going down, down. I'm gonna humble myself. I'm gonna be a servant. I'm, I'm going to be obedient even to death. Verse nine, wherefore, 
God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God says, oh, my beloved son, you're going up, up, up. Our life, we have a choice to make. We're either going to follow the pride of the devil or the humility of Jesus. If you choose that self-seeking, self-serving, narcissistic, ego-driven, proudful life, the Bible says there's shame. But there's more than that. There's destruction. Let's go back to Proverbs. I got three more Proverb verses I want you to see. Uh, There's just so much wisdom. We're gonna look at three others. We'll go to Proverbs 15 again. And... um, I want you to see verse 25, Proverbs 15 and verse 25. Now God's sort of focusing the the scope a little closer here and he's, he's showing us now the results of this. We've talked about the definition. We've talked about the demonstration. We've talked about the consequences, but I want you to see the the end result. In verse 25 of chapter 15, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud. He will establish the border of the widow. He's going to destroy the house of the proud. Look in chapter 16, the next chapter, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Look in chapter 18 and verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty and before honor is humility. Somebody listening to me online? I heard myself. Did I hear myself? It was somebody else. You know, that's a great idea. Just come to church and listen to another preacher. (laughs) I hadn't thought about that. I may try try that someday. (laughs) I can't wait to hear the story. All right. This, this verse emphasize, these verses emphasize that pride precedes destruction. It, it is a law of God. You see, pride not only will humiliate you ultimately, it will ultimately destroy you. And this is what happens. It, this is why nations fall. This is why America could fall. If we ever get so proud that we feel like we don't need prayer in school, we don't need God, We ever get so proud that we feel like we don't need to display 10 commandments? We ever get so proud that the nativity scene becomes a taboo? That we don't need God? When we start getting so proud that we can go through life in our country without God, you remember, church, this is why we need to pray. We need revival. Pride precedes destruction in a nation. That's why God said in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, will, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. That's the first step in that whole verse. He goes on to say, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. But he said, it starts with humble 
humility, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Pride destroys nations. It destroys homes. Divorce courts are full because people are too proud to repent, admit failure. They're so proudful that they'd rather attack each other than the problem. And really, it's just one ego oftentimes against another ego. Pride can ruin you financially. There's people I know that are struggling financially today. There's a lot of legitimate reasons, I understand. But I'm telling you, I know some people that that are struggling financially just because of pride. They, They buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't even like. And the problem is our neighbors keep buying things we can't afford. (laughs) Every time we catch up with them, they refinance. (laughs) Pride can hurt you emotionally. It'll destroy you emotionally. The proud person is so concerned with what other people think and they're so concerned with making themselves look good and always justifying their mistakes and not willing to have a teachable spirit and and it makes you a slave to other people's opinion. So there's so many, listen, there's so many destructive things. That's why I spent three or four weeks talking about this. But here's the primary way that pride, that the devil uses, he, he he knows that it was pride that caused him to fall. He knows it was pride that ushered sin into the human race. And so he's still hanging on to that to see if maybe, see if just maybe he can destroy somebody's eternity. And so Jesus gave us this lesson in Luke chapter 18 and I want you to see this. And boy, this is just the personification of everything we've been talking about. In Luke chapter 18 and verse nine, And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves, trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. And he says, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. So there's another guy there with him. Now the Jews despised the publicans. The publicans were tax collectors. They worked for the Roman government. Israel was occupied by Rome. They hated these people. And they were crooked. They were crooked people. The Pharisee, which this man was, well, that was the religious people, the self-righteous people. They were so religious, they wouldn't even eat an egg if it was laid on the Sabbath. That's the truth. They kept the law. They were very religious. They kept the law. If they had a tack in their shoe, they'd make sure they got it out before the Sabbath because they didn't want to carry a burden on the Sabbath. I mean, they had all these crazy little laws, but they kept them best they could and they were proud. They were proud of it. 
So this Pharisee, he's praying. And he says, I thank you, God, I'm not like this publican. And he said, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not even lift up his eyes unto heaven, but he smote himself upon the breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. You see that principle? The way up is down. One of these men went home that day from church. That Pharisee, he was praying. Wasn't praying to God, he's praying to himself. That's what Jesus said. He just used God's name. He's praying to be seen by other people. But I'm telling you, two men went home that day, one very dignified, but very lost. And the other, he went home justified and redeemed. You know, you may say, well, I'm really not all that bad. Well, that's pride, could be. Let me share with you a truth. And if you're here and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus, I, I, want, I want you to hear what, what I'm about to say. There's not a single person on earth, and certainly no one in this room, that's too bad for God to save you. Do you know that? There's nothing you've done that God will not forgive. The grace of God, God's grace can extend to you. There's nobody too bad. You've done nothing too wrong that God can't forgive and God can't save you. I think many of you understand that. But let me share another truth with you. There's nobody in this room or on earth that is so good that they need not be saved. I realize when I preach that people hear me, whether online or in person, nice, refined, cultured, good in their mind, and in the eyes of society, good people. But nobody is so good that they don't need Jesus. You know, the, the lost person, the alcoholic, the drug addict, the thief, the criminal, the down and out, the homeless, the helpless, Many of them, it's really easier to witness to some of them. They see their need. They'll agree with you. You say you're a sinner. We all sin. Yeah, that's me. They get it. Now, some of them still won't give their heart to Christ, but they get that aspect. But it's, it's sometimes the more affluent, the more refined, the more educated, the more upstanding, good people. 
It's hard to, hard to help them see they need Jesus, but they do. Did you know that if it were possible to take, if you were to take all of humanity, all the populations of the world that have ever lived, ever, and you took, you took, you could, if there was a way to extract only the very good qualities of each individual, and everybody's got some good qualities about them. And if you could extract all the good qualities out of every person who ever lived throughout all of history, and then you could deposit those good qualities of all of humanity into one single person, did you know that person would still have to kneel at the foot of the cross, at the foot of Jesus, and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner? See, the problem's in the heart. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The, the very worst form of badness it's, it's not the rapist it's not the murderer it's not the thief or whatever it, any, it, let me tell you what the very worst form of human badness is the most dangerous form of badness is human goodness when it becomes a substitute for salvation Some people will never, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. And some people will never be right with God because you will not lay your spiritual and intellectual pride in the dust and believe this book. Yield your life to the Son of God and come to Jesus like he said as a little child. I'm gonna close with this verse and this will be the last, but James chapter four and verse six. Because there's an interesting word picture in this verse, unlike really any other picture I see in the Bible. It says in James chapter four and verse six, he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It occurred to me one day Many, many years ago when I read that verse that there was a picture of God there that is just different. And I, I don't understand it. I don't want to read more into it than what's there. But I just want you to think about this, especially if you're not a believer and you've been thinking about giving your life to Christ. And maybe you're thinking, well, if I, you know, we were talking about this in Sunday school this morning. What will people think? Amanda said, it's a pride issue. What would people think? What would they say? But here's the word picture. I mean, we just read that verse, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Think about what that verse is saying. Every, everywhere in the Bible, it's like when you read about God's grace and his love, his arms are wide open 
And he's welcoming. He's saying, come, come, come to Jesus. Come to me, come to my love, come to my graces. Come. But in this one verse, you see a picture of God and he's not saying, come to me. In this one verse, there is a picture of God that is saying, get away from me. Stay back. You ever looked at it like that? You say, I don't want God to say that to me. I don't want God to say, stay back, stay away. I don't want God to say that to me. Well, let me tell you who he says that to. The Bible says, God resists the proud. That's the word picture I see. But he gives grace to the humble. And anybody here that wants to be saved can be saved. You give your life to Jesus. You ask him to forgive you of your sins. And you come into him like the humility of the publican. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And God says, I welcome you. I forgive everything you've ever done. You're not too bad. You're not too good. I'll welcome you. I'll love you. Come to me. Would you bow your heads? And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if there's someone here this morning who's, who's never done that, never given your heart to Jesus, let this be the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. So today you can be saved and you can just pray a prayer. It doesn't have to be elaborate, just sincere. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not worthy of salvation, but today I just ask you to forgive me. I wanna live for you. I wanna turn away from my sin. I wanna be one of your children. You pray a prayer like that. You say, Lord, I'm ready to follow you to the best of my ability from this day forward. God will save you. He gives grace to the humble.